Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Welcome to today's episode of Talking Trading. What do Wonder Woman stances and victory poses have in common? Well, they both increase your levels of testosterone and decrease your cortisol. In today's episode, Judith Wilson from Upfront Communications discusses how power posing influences not only the people around you, but it changes your biology into optimum states. She gives advice to traders on what they should do before they start a session in the markets. Just like Madonna said, strike the pose, there's nothing to it. Second up in the show, Simone Miller, our resident psychologist, defines pessimism. If you have a tendency to see, emphasize or anticipate the worst possible outcomes, then you may suffer from pessimistic tendencies. Simone outlines a very practical five-step strategy to beat pessimism and to banish low self-confidence. Judith Wilson is one of Australia's leading corporate trainers. She started her first company at the age of 21 and has since then been at the helm of three international businesses in Africa, Europe and Australia. Her corporate training company, Upfront Communications, has the largest network of people skills trainers in Australia. She is the author of three books, including Become a Millionaire, Working Just Two Days a Week. Judith Wilson, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, Caroline. Thank you for having me. Judith, one of the things you teach is the importance of body language. What are some of the things that as traders we need to know about body language? Well, Caroline, we all know that body language is important because it's key to how others read us and the impression we give. But research is showing now just how important our body language is to our own state of mind. We know that open body language is seen by others as more positive and more confident. This also goes for how we personally feel when we're in these postures. So it's not only how others see it, but it's internal as well. For example, if you were to put a pen in your mouth and hold it between your teeth and don't allow your lips to touch the pen, then you'll find... Great, great. Follow along. I hope all of our listeners are doing exactly that with their pens. You find that you have to smile. And tests have shown that people actually feel happier after they've had their pen in the mouth for a few minutes than they felt before. I suppose you do have to laugh at yourself because you would have looked pretty silly with that pen between your teeth versus 
research that's pretty controversial out there that's saying that actually some people who've had cosmetic procedures and aren't able to move their foreheads as much aren't effectively feeling as much joy as those who have expressive foreheads. (laughs) If you've been to Hollywood and said that. (laughs) No, I'm not brave enough. (laughs) Judith, you talk about power postures. What are some positions which are considered powerful and which are considered not? So power poses are those where you're making your body larger and spreading out. A good one is the Wonder Woman pose where you have your hands on your hips and you hold your chin high or hands above your head in a victory pose. Those are considered very high power poses, whereas low power poses are making yourself and your body seem very much smaller. So slouching forward, shoulders down, head down, arms crossed. Those are low power poses. Has there been scientific research to prove any of these postures and poses? Absolutely. More and more research is coming out all of the time. Vanessa Van Edwards from the Science of People and Amy Cuddy from the Harvard Business School have both done tons of research. And I'll give you some interesting examples. They did a gambling experience with a group of gamblers who did a power pose before starting to gamble. And then when they gambled, they were more confident and saliva tests showed that their cortisol levels had decreased. So cortisol is a stress hormone and their testosterone levels had increased, sometimes by up to 20% more. So testosterone can be likened to the confidence hormone. So in very simple terms, doing a powerful body pose for two minutes and staying in that pose for two minutes reduced the negative hormones in their system and increased the positive ones. In another really interesting experiment, they asked three people going to an interview to do powerful poses for two minutes before they went into the interview. And they asked three people to do low power poses for the same amount of time. Then they conducted really intense interviews with each of the six people in front of the same panel of interviewers who had no clue that they had done high power or low power poses or any poses at all. And so remarkably, each of the interviewers scored those who had done the high power poses as more confident people, as more likable people, and as their preferences to get the jobs. So by power poses, we're talking the Wonder Woman stance, the the victory above your head. Anything else? Anything that's very broad and open. So shoulders down, arms open and by your sides or up. Men very often do the hands crossed behind the back of the head. You don't see women doing that pose as much. It's considered quite a masculine pose, but that's a power pose as well. So your elbows out beside your head and your hands holding the back of your head. So going back to trading then, what specific advice would you give our traders about what they should do before they go into a session of trading? So when they're in private, before they start trading, they can adopt one of these very powerful poses for two minutes. And, 
you know, at the beginning, it's going to seem a long time and it's going to seem quite silly holding this pose. does need to be for two minutes. Why for two minutes? They've done the research and found that any shorter than that, for example, if you just get into a pose and come straight out of it within five seconds, you're not going to get the same type of results with the testosterone and with the cortisol. So it's your body really needing to take on some of that feeling of confidence. Your mind needs to be in gear. It doesn't happen by just clicking your fingers, getting into a pose, getting out of it. You've actually got to feel it and live it and breathe it. So literally because they're in private, it doesn't matter how silly they look before they're going to to do this. You know, this is something that's in private before they're going to trade in private. Hold the pose for two minutes, breathe into it, have a calm, quiet mind while you're doing it, and then begin your trading session as normal. Doing it now. Good stuff. I wish I could see you doing it. So, look, this is a favorite question of mine because I think about this often when I'm with my friends. When we're not trading but we're interacting with colleagues or our friends, what tips can you give us for being aware of our body language? Because if I could just say I can get hyper aware of my body language. Mm. So all too often we, we tend to worry about what we're going to say to others. And we get so worried about, am I saying the right thing? But sometimes we don't give it as much thought as to how our body language is coming across. So research done long ago by Albert Mahabrium stated that 7% of our message came from the actual words, whereas our tone of voice was 38%, and our body language was a massive 55%. So that more than half of the message is coming from our body language. So rule of thumb is when we want, we want to have open body language rather than closed body language. If we want to come across as confident and influential, we want to take up space. So instead of being small, we want to make sure we're standing larger in the space, that whether we're sitting or standing, we have our legs open the same distance as our shoulders rather than standing with feet together, which of course is making you smaller in the space. We need to have open arms, so our arms loose and comfortable so that we're able to gesture rather than standing with them tightly clasped or folded or worse still crossed in front of us. So, of course, it needs to be appropriate. In social settings, we can't start adopting the Wonder Woman pose. You know, we're in a a one-on-one conversation with others. It's got to be appropriate because that would definitely be seen as intimidating or arrogant. But we certainly can be more conscious of standing tall, arms comfortable and open, being conscious that you're going to be seen as more confident if you take up more of the space around you. So as Annie from the movie would say, you're never fully dressed without a smile. (laughs) Judith, you've trained so many thousands of people with such high corporate profiles. Have you seen the power of body language work with your clientele? Absolutely. Time and time again, particularly for things like presentation skills. People spend so long getting the presentation perfect and word for word and they write it all out in full. 
And then I see just if they haven't considered how they're coming across with body language, how people view that and they see them as less competent and less confident, which is such a shame because they can know their subject matter so well. But what's been fascinating to me now is, yes, it's important to think of our body language in meetings with others, in presentations, in social settings. But I love this idea that we can be doing so much more to help ourselves before the meeting or the presentation or anything, the social setting that we're going into, to know this research and to say, right, I'm just going to give myself a few minutes because research has proved time and time again that I'm going to have so much more of an advantage and people are going to view me so much more positively if I do this. And it's a great opportunity to be in the moment for the moment. I don't think we ever have enough time to just stop and to think and to connect with what we need to do. Judith, where can people go to find out more about you? So my company is called Upfront Communications and they can find me. The website is www.upfrontcommunications with an S on the end, .com.au. And just tell our listeners what you do with Upfront Communications. So we do corporate and business training. So we do soft skills improvement. So individuals and groups can really learn so much more about presentation skills and exceptional customer service, time management. Judith, you're a powerhouse, no doubt about it. That was a wonderful interview. Thank you for coming on to Talking Trading. My pleasure. Thank you, Caroline. Hi, I'm Tom Basso, and I enjoy listening to Talking Trading. Simone Miller is our resident psychologist. She focuses on helping traders deal with depression, anxiety, trauma, and self-esteem issues. Her passion is helping people overcome emotional nasties so they can move into their full potential. We speak to Simone today about pessimism as she defines it and outlines a five-step strategy to overcome it. I started off by asking Simone what pessimism was and how she'd describe it. Look, it can be described a few ways, Caroline, but I pretty much see it as a tendency to see, emphasise and anticipate only bad or undesirable outcomes. It's to take the gloomiest possible view and expecting the worst out of life and really is just an absence of hope or positivity. Why is it important to talk about this topic? Caroline, it's really important because from a general sense of view, it has such long-reaching effects. It can increase bad moods, it can impact decision-making, it can reduce the quality of our relationships and it can even impact our health and reduce our immune system. There's been a big link between pessimism and depression and there's actually a saying that I like to use, pessimism can be paralysing. Really, who would try anything if they're always sure they'll fail? This is of particular relevance for traders. And you may want to ask yourselves, is my pessimism paralysing me in any way? Is it holding me back from bold and confident decision making? What are some of the causes of people's pessimism? Pessimism can be caused by a number of things. And of course, each individual is unique. Bad past experiences can be one of the things that influence this. If a person's failed multiple times previously, they might start to believe that success is almost impossible to find. 
Another reason can be poor company. The reality is that if we expose ourselves to people that are constantly negative and we're constantly exposed to their past experiences that are negative, we can be influenced by that. One huge influence on our pessimism can be the belief system. Basically, two different people could experience exactly the same thing and have two different mindsets on it. I suppose the final and last thing I'd like to highlight that can impact is our self-confidence. If someone has self-doubts or isn't sure of their ability to succeed, then they will become a pessimist. What are some strategies people can use to get over pessimism? I actually have kind of a five-step system. It focuses on our belief systems and our self-esteem, which are what I mentioned previously, two of our greatest causes. The first thing I'd like people to do in preparation for this five-step program is think about when they engage in negative or anxiety-provoking thoughts that you know, promote that pessimistic mindset. Key words and phrases that trigger negative thoughts such as what if, oh, I hope I don't, or I should have said, I can't. So keeping a little notebook next to you on your desk or wherever you might be, or you might want to use one of your eye devices or something like that, keep a notebook, keep a log of these kind of trigger phrases. Did you know that people are 11 times more likely to change a habit if they write it down rather than just thinking about it? All right, so assuming you've done your preparation, step one is once you recognise your specific trigger phrases, put on a loosely fitting rubber band on your wrist and as torturous as this sounds when you catch yourself beginning a negative self-defeating thought give the rubber band a bit of a flick (laughs) once you've done that i'd love you to take a nice deep calming breath now this is something we've talked about previously in other segments but in through your nose and out through your mouth to a count of three or four would be wonderful do that a few times until you've feel a dissolving away of the anxiety and start to experience some relaxing sensations. Now that we're calm, what I'd love is for people to challenge every negative thought with a question, Mm. such as, do I really have evidence that what I'm afraid of will happen? Or am I simply anticipating the worst? Just because I have a scary thought doesn't mean it has to play out that way. Why not visualise myself calmly handling this situation and see how relieved I will be when I accomplish that? Step four is reminding yourself of your identity statement. Now, you obviously have to develop this, but in summary, an identity statement is a complimentary description about your value, assets and skills, pretty much reminding you of the reasons you should believe in yourself. Last step is basically anchoring or cementing this mental routine by once again taking a nice, deep, calming breath. Rethink your identity statement, rethink your breathing, and hopefully you'll get home and hosed. Simone Miller, thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And that is all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear Chris Tate on the markets. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. 
The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.